This is Unleashing Leadership, and I'm your host, Travis Moss, and you are listening to our special eight-episode mini-series on our team interview for the Ideal Team Player. Let's jump right in. I agree. I also really appreciated the fact that in each one of those virtues, there's kind of a, there's an offset. So it's, you know, with, with humble, like, um, you, you know, it's humility is essentially the, the underlying piece of it, but it can go too far. So if you don't have confidence, if you don't have some of those things, that's also problematic because then it's just going the opposite way. In every single virtue, it talked to kind of what the opposite and in, in that it can go to a bad degree. And, and I really liked how they went through that. Yeah, I think I, I love I love your point, Jess, about the alternative, right? Or like what to watch for is kind of the way I looked at it. Like you you can't take it to the extreme and just say, I want the hungriest, you know, humblest, smartest person without watching for like, like we mentioned the politician, right? The the too smart or smart in the wrong way. Not not even too smart, right? right? Just smart in the wrong way, like manipulative. Okay, I'm gonna say everything everyone wants me to say just to, you know, push my narrative or push my advancement. Um, and, and, and hunger, right? Hunger is a big one because if the hunger is self-interest and that's all you care about is I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to push, I'm going to do everything. I'm going to be the first one raising my hand, but if it's not for the betterment of the company or the team or the initiative, if it's just for yourself to then raise your hand, and and this one this one rings very true to me because I did come from the consulting world, and that's what you saw, ninety percent of the time, if, if not more, is everyone's super hungry. You you have to be hungry to be a consultant because that's that's just the arena you're in. You you will be gone very quickly if you're not hungry. But it was a lot of the wrong hunger because everyone would raise their hand and say, "I did this." This was me. This was my idea. This was my deck, my presentation, everything. And there was never any credit to the team that did nothing for the clients that we'd work on. So I, I, that one I'm, I'm very in tune with because that you have to have the right hunger. That, that, that's huge. Um, or, or you're not going to do anything productive for the company overall in the long run. Dave, you have the background as a as a consultant too, and one of the one of the episodes I talked about would be really interesting to get your perspective on this. But I think I think the main character's name was Jeffrey, right? Jeff. Um, so Jeff Jeff it comes in as a consultant originally to do like leadership or team building stuff, and then he exits, and then eventually Bob comes to him and is like, "Hey, I'm going to recruit you to essentially run the company for me." And he comes in and he sees the posters on the walls and everything from everything he was talking about, but none of the employees are actually like embodying any of the training. It's like we do this training and we learn all about what it means to be humble, hungry and smart and that kind of stuff or whatever training they did. But then like the action doesn't carry through. And so I thought it was very interesting. Or I thought you probably have an interesting perspective on the fact that I think companies want to do this stuff. They try hard to do this stuff, but yet it seems to be a lot of lip service and I didn't know if you had any perspective on that whole kind of paradigm. Yeah. That was something I always thought about, uh, when I was a consultant, I think you have to kind of bring it back to why they're hiring 
the consultants first. Uh, one of my favorite, you, you have all the lingo and jargon in the consultant world. One of my favorites that I heard was, we need a throat to choke, was was my favorite. <laughs> uh, and, and Another t-shirt, another t-shirt yeah. right there. I need a throat to choke. <laughs> yeah. yep. Oh my. Like, who's the throat to choke, basically? And- put that on the back of the t-shirt, not the front. <laughs> That's right. And and what it meant was it what I found is in leadership and management in a lot of companies, especially some of these bigger companies, and I'll, and I'll give an example. There's not a lot of willingness to take the bold step or or bold action. And they hired the consultants because now they're not responsible in their eyes. Okay, we're going to do this or we're going to try to implement this. Or we're not, but we got an opinion, but it wasn't mine. It wasn't, you know, we're, we're off the hook. Consultant. Deflecting firm is on, ownership. Is on exactly. So they didn't want the accountability. They don't want their job at risk or, you know, whatever they're doing in the top of their company, right? Kind of just letting things happen as it does. They don't want the bold action. So they hire the consultant to do that. And one of the examples... Uh, I have to to kind of more pinpoint your question, Travis, of why things are implemented. This one really opened my eyes, uh, and it brings it back into financial services industry. So, when I f- first joined the firm, it was uh, the DOL rule was a huge thing. So we were mm-hmm. working on several of the broker dealers, millions of dollars of work uh, being done here, and a lot of you know you could change this compensation structure. You can change these procedures, whatever, right? The, a whole strategic plan of how you can change your business to, you know, basically be bulletproof from this, right? Like you, you can operate and not have a worry about any rule that goes into effect. They never had any intention of doing that. I remember sitting at the table when it was like the final readout and they basically said, great work. We love this. Now we have this documented that we considered this option. We can't do this in our business because we'll lose all of our advisors. They'll go somewhere else and we just can't do it. We're too big. We're not agile enough. Uh, But thank you because now we can document that we looked at this and it does not work for our business model. And again, we would be the throat to choke if they came back and said, why didn't you implement any of this? Well, we couldn't. It was our business. They they didn't do a good job of, of, of presenting an option that was actually feasible for us to do. So that that was an example that always stuck out to me. So there's 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 an ownership issue and there's <clears throat> I think with everything like this there's a lot of excuses, right? There's we make excuses for people, we make excuses for ourselves, we make excuses you know for situations. Um and a lot of times the solutions are there but it takes a lot of work. Like and and that's one of the things I appreciate about Jess. <clears throat> um Jess has a certain tenacity about her. So when she says, hey, this is important, it's, uh, you know, it's important, right? And um, not only did Jess say it was important, but she said, I'm going to be an example for everybody. You know, I'm going to do this book report anyway, because I think it's that important. And Jess, you're you're obviously a huge advocate for it. And and you've been around the block a little bit and you've seen some things and stuff like that. Um, but what does it really mean to you um, if you think about this framework and to surround yourself with people who are humble, hungry, and smart 
because that's what you're fighting for, right? You're, you're fighting for not just to bring up the idea, like Dave's saying, like the consultants come in, they, they tell you this is what you can do to solve your problem. And then the business turns around and has 101 excuses why they can't do it. So how important and what does it mean to you as somebody who's, you know, a part of the wheel that's spinning to say, you know, um, we need to get this right. Right. We need to put our actions, you know, where our mouth is and actually implement this. this Big question. I know. Sorry. I know. That I'm was like, uh, there's <laughs> Put a you lot. on the spot right there. That's kind of a lot of a question right there. But um, we'll give you the next hour and a half of recording um, time just for you. So I think out loud. So this is going to be lengthy. But um for me, so much of this kind of, it, it, I'm, it's gonna, kind of a piggyback off of what Dave said too, is that accountability is the word I'm going to choose to use on this and, and how everything ties into each other for accountability purposes. And why this is so important is if you can hold a colleague accountable and they can hold you accountable, you're going to grow out of that accountability that is going to, that's where you start to level up. Like that's where you get bigger, you get better. Um, and I, that's where I see so much of this tying together and why this creates this culture of accountability. It creates this culture of the ownership. It creates this culture where you are, I mean, you've said that like ever since I came to seed, there's, you know, the level up, like, you know, just getting bigger and better. And, and, and these, are, there's just so many ways to make that happen through the through these virtues. But for me, so much of it boils down to accountability and being able to hold each other accountable to each one of those standards and to those virtues um, to be able to accomplish that. I'm not sure if that – I was trying to not go on for an hour on that, but hopefully that answers the question to what you were – That was pretty incredible. And I think one of the things that we've bought into and and I know Dave and I have worked very, very hard in our both our recruiting and our messaging internally is and, and I think it was always there, but I think this has given us some some of the vocabulary needed to emphasize it, um, and maybe a little bit of a roadmap is personal and professional development. Yeah. And what you said with accountability and responsibility, if we can help people be more accountable, they can level up. And that's personal and professional development. And so mm -hmm. what you're saying is, is in this framework, we can help people become better, you know, yes. better people, better professionals. And my take on that is that's a leading indicator. That is if better people equal better results. I mean, just hands down, if there are better people in every position, you're going to have better results because when people are feeling or when they're empowered or when they're, and we did a whole episode of empowerment. But when when people are um, holding themselves accountable and holding each other accountable in a non-threatening way, we fix a lot of the problems. We can address the problems. We can't we can't have a conversation if one party is crossing their hands and not willing to look at themselves and how they're participating. Right. So we've got to have the guard down to be able to have these discussions so that we can make improvements. And by being more accountable, we let people. Um, or we emphasize to people, it's your job to help make things better for yourself, for your colleagues, for your clients, for your community, for your family, whatever it is. It's your job to not complain and be a victim. 
right, to actually be out there and say, hey, I want this to be great. I'm going to be a part of making it great, no matter how scary that seems.